the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver someone not paying attention how about the people texting and driving if you ever damage your vehicle call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain auto body call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. If you find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Right now, wherever you can hear my voice maybe you were just in an accident someone skidded or it will happen call them four words west fountain auto body located 400 west fountain street in providence they're going to repair your vehicle they're going to handle everything for you they're going to work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 it's monday it's john DePietro. the story today is the weather now, folks, by now, I'd like to think we all know the drill. You want to get whatever you have to get and then get home. If you can stay off the roads this afternoon, that's what you want to do. Uh, and I think, if anything, you know, people are better prepared because of the pandemic and what we've been working for. A lot of people do work from home anyway. But this is one of those situations where the roads are going to be tough this afternoon. If people stay off the roads, they can treat the roads. Uh, We don't know exactly how much we're going to get, but it's going to be a long storm this afternoon. There's going to be a lot of whiteout. So this is, you have a chance, you know, just do the smart thing. Uh, Get done what you have to get done. Go where you have to go. And then starting sometime this afternoon, you want to be wherever you're going to be. You want to be off the roads if you can. By this point, um, if there's anyone that's going to work until, say, 5 or 6 o'clock in the office and then try to get home, you're going to be in for a rough ride. The roads are going to be in bad shape. And I just think at this point, because of the pandemic, most people should be in the the situation where you are able to. You know how to, uh, people are set up to work from home. Uh, as I said, a lot of people have been working from home. As far as the schools, th- this is, uh, you know, for these people that say, oh, too bad the kids get a snow day, they, they end up to make it up at the end. So that is um, the beauty. The, the nice element is the kids that because of distance learning, shouldn't miss a beat should get work done you don't have to worry about school buses or at least they shouldn't have to and uh you want to get everybody home as quickly as they can so now the big news of the day is in fact the weather so and keep it tuned right here we'll bring you the latest road conditions everything that's happening the big news of the week is this week should be should be possibility uh that this will be governor mundo's final week as governor of rhode island So on Wednesday night, she's scheduled to give the state of the state. On Wednesday, she is scheduled to have a, uh, there's supposed to be a vote to move her nomination for Commerce Secretary out of committee. We have no reason to believe that it's going to get held up. There were a couple of uh, stories late last week, but nothing significant that would slow it down. Now, once it moves out of committee, it still then has to move to the Senate for full approval, then she becomes the Commerce Secretary. By the way, you're then sworn in as Commerce Secretary. It's a big deal. Probably be sworn in by the Vice President, uh, Kamala Harris. So now at that point, once she is sworn in as Commerce Secretary, I believe Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo would then no longer be 
the governor of Rhode Island. I believe that's unless there's some change. Now, you only need 51 votes to be confirmed. Now, we have no reason to believe that she's not going to receive 51 votes. If anything, uh, some of the other votes, the other people that have been confirmed north of 80, uh, ideally, you know, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, I'm sure she'd love to get 90 votes as Commerce Secretary. She'd love to get 100. That's not going to, I don't think that's going to happen. But anywhere north of, I mean, listen, if you get 51, you, you're in. But, you know, I'm sure she would like to get somewhere north of 80, north 80, 85, somewhere in that. You're going to have some Republicans that are going to um, resist that, I should say, or or just vote uh, against her. And and with good reason, the way they've been treated. Now, we have a lot of um, stories also we're going to cover. I do want to play coming up. It was great sound of a reporter from M- NBC that was on the ground in Wyoming where they were having the protests against uh, Representative Lynn Cheney. And it's it's great sound to listen to because this is someone on the ground. Her name is Tara Palmieri. She's a reporter for NBC News. And she said, and, and it's something that I think a lot of you understand and we talk about, there's a huge disconnect between Washington and the rest of the country. What did she find? Now, she was thinking Liz Cheney and George W. Bush said he'll endorse her. She's up for reelection next year. She's the one that moved ahead with the impeachment. But what this reporter from NBC said, she couldn't find anyone in Wyoming who basically supported Lynn Cheney and said just the opposite. The people there are 100% still behind President Trump. And they feel, they feel the way he was treated was unfairly. The fact he's kind of been out of the limelight actually has benefited him. Something I think he's going to learn from and uh, find that you don't always have to be front and center. The more that he's kind of just in the background, as she describes it as a looming figure, I will play some of the sound, but it's interesting because Nicole Waller, who's doing the interview, is shaking her head like, I can't believe it. But but it's but this is the point. He's still the leader of the party. You're still a supporter of him. I'm still a supporter of him. I'm still uncomfortable with what happened in November. And they all think, oh, you know, we're going to impeach. If they impeach him, I am telling you, it's going to benefit the president or trying to impeach him. And they are going to try to impeach him. And the president seems to have his seems to have his legal team. Now, that would kick in next week. Should that happen? That would start next Monday unless there's some dramatic change. Maybe he needs more time with his legal team. Maybe not. But but they do that at their own peril because he is still a force in the Republican Party. And for people that want to jump off and the time for Trump is over, I don't believe that. You don't believe that. And it was it's very powerful to listen. And I'll play the audio of a reporter, NBC News, that went there and said, I'm so glad I went because these people, they don't even believe in COVID. No one was wearing a mask. This is in Wyoming. They are not with Liz Cheney. They've had other problems with Liz Cheney. Washington would tell you, well, you know, her father was the vice president, an endorsement from George W. Bush. Not at all. She made it very clear. Wyoming is Trump company, uh, country, excuse me. And folks, you're going to find that actually, I think, around the country, that this is there is a huge disconnect between Washington, D.C. and the rest of the country, where you had 74 million people that said, you know, he got Hillary Clinton got 65 million votes in 2016. They told President Trump, you get 70 million votes, you're the winner. He got 74. And then they said, oh, no, Biden got 80. I, I mean, no one no one believes that. And uh, everyone is still upset the way things went down. So we're going to cover that and more and the latest on the weather. Again, it's all right here, right? Leave it right here on the John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high efficiency carrier infinity system, energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air. 
is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying, JKL. They'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, second to none. Whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call JKL Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. JKL, 401-351-7600. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers. Certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. His name is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. Now, obviously, the weather, I don't know if it'll play a factor. Uh, there's supposed to be a town council meeting in Barrington this evening. And because of the weather and everything's done with Zoom, um, I, I don't think they would cancel it. It's not like... In the past, where everyone, you know, depending on weather, they'd start canceling all these town halls. So anyhow, but on the agenda for this evening in Barrington, one of the things that they're supposed to discuss is this started last summer when at Barrington Town Hall, they were hanging, decided to hang a Black Lives Matter flag right below the American flag. Now, there's been a lot of uh, pushback on this and in some very um, respectable organizations, Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, but also a veterans organization. Also, the Rhode Island Coalition for Israel. And um, I want to talk a little bit about this because I think this is one of those situations. I, I think they have a town manager in Barrington, they have a very progressive town council. And I don't I don't think they should have put it up there. I don't think it belongs there. They're going to you know, face some pushback for those that want to get it removed. But I want to start off and get some of your thoughts on this with this Black Lives Matter flag that's uh, been flying in Barrington right below the American flag. Well, yeah, for me, it, it, it really emphasizes the it's really evidence of, of the way progressives operate when they're when they're in a minority, when they're the challenging voice. Everything's about free speech, open expression. Anybody, any gov, official government person has to remain completely neutral when it comes to any kind of political statements or ideology. It's all that's it. That's that's it. There's, you can't have a, a crash or a manger scene for Christmas, Christmas trees. That's that's shows bias in government when they take over suddenly you get a whole different set of rules i mean i know from from experience in, in exchanging emails with them uh, one council member jacob Breyer, oh, has, has he's created this concept of government speech <laughs> as if as if 
the town council has has its own First Amendment rights uh, somehow superlative above the people. And that, that really is a problem. I mean, uh, you need some kind of a system in order to to say who can use these these polls for 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 display. And one excuse he's given and others have as well is that this isn't an endorsement of the organization. It's just an expression of the values that Black Lives Matter. Well, it doesn't really work that way. I mean, you're using the organization's flag. It's almost like a brand. I mean, if, if it's not supposed to be their organization, then maybe they ought to call you up for, for copyright infringement or something. But so the, there really is no justification for this outside of a system where people can petition to have a certain flag flown. And uh, I mean, that's really the end of it, too. I know hundreds of people have sent emails uh, to the, the council urging them not to not to display a political flag on this this poll. Uh, but uh, they, they just seem determined to do it because they have the power. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is voters have to decide this is not how we want things to operate. You know, for him to and I the reason I reacted that way is I know who that is. And I was there when they had, I think it was in early September, they had a Black Lives Matter gathering at Town Hall. That was actually when, at the time, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKeown spoke. But Justin, to say that they, they are flying it, but they don't endorse it is, is just, it's disingenuous at best. It's, 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 that's ridiculous. As if they'd be flying a flag that they, they didn't stand behind. And for him to take this standpoint in, in Barrington of, and I, I remember that day they were saying this means Black Lives Matters in education. This means Black Lives Matters in the workplace. Excuse me. No, it doesn't. I was there uh, and, and how the whole movement started. It has to do with policing. It's about policing. It'll always be about policing. The whole movement came under the guise that they felt that white police did not value the young lives of these young black men that were being killed and, and uh, re, you know, by use of force. And they were trying to send a message that a black lives matter, meaning the lives of young black men to try and say it's not tied in with the police is ridiculous. But the fact I think and they they just they are political, whether the um, the town council, whether I think they just want to ignore it. But black lives matter this past fall, they endorsed candidates. How could you not fly the flag of Rhode Island pro-life? There's a symbol we could all get around and uh, rally around who wouldn't be pro-life. And, and I'm sure, can you imagine the opposition if you said we want to fly the flag of Rhode Island pro-life pro above Barrington Town Hall? Oh, certainly. I mean, any, you can think of, a, I, I actually sent to Jacob Breyer this, the example of the Gadsden flag. You know, I mean, why, why not? Hey, we, we value the values of independence. This has nothing to do with rebellion or the Tea Party or anything like that. I mean, it, it's ludicrous. It's one of those, there are just a lot of things when progressives take power, there are a lot of things they insist you believe almost in a 1984 kind of way. Yes, we're flying the Black Lives Matter flag, but that doesn't mean we support the Black Lives Matter organization. I mean, that's what a flag is, right? You, yes. you, don't, you don't, when when people stomp on the American flag and burn it, they're not saying, oh, we, you know, we, we're, we're not burning the ideals of, of freedom and, and you know, democracy. We're, we're, this is just the organization. You can't separate things like that. People pledge to a flag. People will take oaths to a flag. Um, that's what, that's just basically what they're for <laughs> when you're flying a flag. And, but that's when the progressives are in power, whatever, you know, whatever complaints you might have, they can brush them all away. Oh, no, no, don't look at that. Look over here. It's all about, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it should be insulting to people. Uh, and the, the problem is for too many people, it's not. And it's hard not to draw direct lines from that kind of attitude to just about every problem we're facing, right up to the questions of, um, of fraud in the 2020 election. You know, oh, you're not allowed to believe in that, uh, but, but we're not gonna address your concerns. It's, it's very much the same sort of thing. And it's, it's what dictators and totalitarians do is they, they make it so it's impossible to voice an opposing argument or disagree with anything they do. And this is an easy one for them. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. We're talking about the fact that Barrington is controversy for several months now. They've been flying the Black Lives Matter flag uh, right above town hall, right below. I believe it's right below the American flag. Well, Justin, this is an easy one because obviously, boy, shock of shock. Anyone that objects is a white supremacist racist. I mean, you can see that one coming like a mile away. But Justin Katz, what does it say to you that all their endorsements, by the way, Black Lives Matter Rhode Island, they held 
gave several endorsements, obviously all Democrats and progressive Democrats. But what does this say that that was flying on Election Day as people were going to vote at town hall? There's, uh, you know, flying above town hall is the Black Lives Matter flag, which to me is almost interchangeable now, really, with the Democrat Party. Um, I, I, I mean, just on that alone, don't you think that should be objectionable that that they're sending a message? It's basically one in the same for for what the town stands for. Yeah, well, I mean, that's and that's they'll actually phrase it that way. I know Jacob Breyer has phrased it as um, you know, this is we're just expressing the town's values. You know, you, that dance is not possible. You're, no. you're expressing the town's values. You're saying the town's values align with this organization and this organization's values are progressive. I mean, it's it's that simple and that direct, which makes you start to wonder, where is the ACLU on this? Right. Yeah. And there's another thing we're supposed to believe the ACLU actually cares about civil liberties rather than just progressive causes. Uh, but that's I mean, it, it, it can't get any clearer than this. I mean, this is this is two steps from from a totalitarian kind of a, a fascist regime. I mean, it's once once you're tested on this, this is the easy stuff. Once you're tested on whether you can fly a political flag on town hall on election day and you fail that test, the next thing is, well, what can we do with this newfound power where the government can do whatever they want? And I think we're going to start seeing that entered into in Barrington probably as as we move on to other controversies that have been in the East Bay, uh, notably in Bristol with trying to set up diversity uh, commissions from the state, from the town government going out and forcing diversity uh, ideology on everybody. That's that's going to be the next step. Uh, and really the, the question, it becomes a race uh, between how much they can push and how much people see where they're going and push back. And that's that's going to be the real concern here, which is why I think there's been so much attention and so much pushback on this flag because people see what it means and where it's going. And just one last thought on that, Justin Katz, and that is that I think the veterans have a legitimate argument, and, and I interviewed the, the lead one, Paul, uh, in, in, in saying that the only flag that should fly with the American flag would be the state of Rhode Island flag or the town of Barrington flag. But this, you don't start putting up whatever the cause du jour is, and that's what this is. They've had, and I also want to point out, this, there's been no incident with law enforcement in, in Barrington as far as, you know, any members of the community or anyone of color. This is just a bunch of aggressives saying we want to make a statement and show everyone just how progressive and with the program we are that, you know, we're so cool and hip and diverse that we're going to hang a Black Lives Matter flag. It's just it's almost like cliche at this point. We're going to take a quick break. A lot more ahead. Our segment is politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on The John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 
521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. Joining me is the managing editor for OceanStateCart.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, this could be the final week of Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo as governor. Coming up Wednesday night, she's going to give her final state of the state. And then Wednesday afternoon, she's uh, they're scheduled to have her vote out of committee as Commerce Secretary. Now, we still don't know. It still needs to hit the Senate floor. The impeachment of former President Trump is supposed to start a week from uh, today. But I think we've already seen, because of some of the confusion lately with uh, closures and restrictions and the terrible rollout of the vaccine. We've, we've already, um, I think the Ramundo transition getting ready for commerce has um, in, in a very dramatic way taken its toll on the state. Oh, absolutely. And, and you can see it in, in any number of issues uh, from, from snowstorm warnings to vaccine rollout. Uh, really the, at this point, if the, if the governor is not going to be fully engaged uh, for the next two weeks during a, a kind of a critical time, you know, for vaccine rollouts, there are a lot of people with anxiety about that. Um, maybe she ought to just take the take the calculated risk and, and resign and, and let Dan McKee take over fully. I mean, that's that's what the, the conclusion you start to come to. And, you know, in my view, and we've discussed this many times, this is all avoidable if if the governor had taken the attitude, as she very well should have during a state of emergency, that the lieutenant governor was integral to her administration and worked with him, we wouldn't have any of this issue. She could be concentrating on her transition while also relying on him to, to do things. But that's not the situation we're in. And so we're in this this void of leadership that's really, really kind of toxic for the state at this moment. So I I mean, the, the sooner she, she wraps it up and gets out of here, the better. Um, I, I can't even imagine what, you know, it's almost, if you imagine it, the vote goes the other way. I don't know how that works for her you know, to, to come back and say, all right, well, I didn't get that job, so I'm still here with you guys. I mean, that, yeah. that almost seems like it wouldn't be worth doing. So at this point, maybe she ought to just say whether she does it as a matter of, of technically, here's my resignation. She or just, she's not stepping down until she's confirmed to the full Senate. It's no, not absolutely. happening. She's already said that. So, right. I mean, that's not going to happen. But I think we're seeing some of the problems. You know, it's interesting. We're, we are learning more that um, uh, uh, apparently one of the reasons why that the governor has never fully embraced Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee is more of she's like an east side of Providence type Democrat. Uh, some sort of a deal or arrangement was worked out with Seth Magaziner. Uh, the general treasurer who wants to be the next governor, who by all accounts, it would look that Governor Raimondo would would support in that of anyone else that's running. Certainly not going to support Alorza. She had a falling out with Nellie Gobia over Matt Brown. But uh, but from what we understand or I've heard is that um, they felt that if she worked with McKee, that would give him too much profile and hurt Seth Magazine's chances of running against him uh, in a primary. Uh, for 2022. So that's one of the reasons she's kept him at bay. But I just want to keep it on like that. She's not going to resign if this thing takes two months, because initially Sheldon Whitehouse told Channel 12, Senator Whitehouse, that this could be in the March or April before full Senate confirmation hearing. She is not stepping down until she is sworn in as Commerce Secretary. So I know that some people have talked about it and someone even wrote a column. It's time she 
I, I mean, she's she, she she is not walking away from the job, but we are seeing some of the problems because Justin, the vaccine has not been a smooth rollout. Oh no, not at all. And and she's she's largely MIA. I mean, I had to chuckle some of the some of the the assurances she's giving the senators. Uh, you know, I I will I will keep politics out of the U.S. census. You know, everything she does is political, right down to essay contests for school children. And as yeah. as you just described, I mean, that's it's in a, in a you know it's it's hard not to see that as just kind of disgusting. I mean, if if you were in an emergency where you are claiming to be able to shut businesses down, tell many people how many people can be in their houses at any given time. When, you, when you're claiming that kind of power to be playing political games and not have the lieutenant governor fully on board. And that, to me, that's what it comes down to. Fine, you, she doesn't want to resign. That's kind of understandable, I guess. But she needs to be, you know, look, she just needs to be responsible enough to say, Here's the lieutenant governor. He's incoming. And even if he weren't incoming, he's the lieutenant governor. I'm going to involve him and give him the reins for this. Now, she could do that, you know, with her executive orders. The lieutenant governor will here on out handle my COVID response or talk about the ice storms or the snowstorms. And she's not doing that. It's, it's sort of like no, it's, it's really not going to. it's really like what you see when somebody's in one job and trying to transition to another without any kind of without any kind of sense that, you know, th- these kind of jobs are, are supposed to be somewhat special. They're called public service. You're supposed to be right. helping to run your community. It's supposed to be almost a, a volunteer kind of thing, but that's just not, it's never been how she operates. Uh, and un- unfortunately for the, you, the country, that's that's what they're going to be getting in the, the Commerce Secretary, if, assuming she's she's assigned. In the meantime, we're we're dealing with, with her absenteeism in Rhode Island. And it's really... Uh, he, you do you do wish there were more pushback i mean you see the you see the there's not going to be yeah but, there's but, not going but you to see be. the you know legislators no no i know i know there's not but it's 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 worth you know complaining about a little i guess i mean uh, yes and no now let's let's talk about what is happening and what did you think of lieutenant governor dan mckee was on stage last thursday the covid briefing with dr scott and stephen Pryor, commerce secretary what did you think of him and how that whole first time of him on stage with those two went well you know he's he, he's experienced in the public eye as lieutenant governor and mayor uh, i think he did bumble some with the with the assurance that teachers would get um get put up with the line for for vaccines and then kind of backtracking on that uh, to some extent i think that's you know that speaks to the challenge he's in by the governor's attitude not being involved completely from the beginning. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's it's hard to know what to expect from somebody in that position. He, he to my mind, he could be coming in a bit more strongly uh, as far as asserting himself as in charge and not just just you know the the manager who's trying to get up to speed. Uh, that would be my my critique. I think this is my opinion now. I think. I, I don't know about all of her cabinet, but I think two glaring weaknesses within the Raimondo cabinet that I think McKee, incoming Governor McKee's going to have to deal with. I think two glaring, maybe the two weakest links are the two people that were on stage, which is Stephen Pryor, Commerce, and then also Dr. Scott. And now let's talk about Stephen Pryor. Had they not been pushed back from the media, they were not going to lift the restrictions to today, and then the restaurants would have lost and stores business from last week. He was tone deaf on that. They only changed it afterwards. If you have a commerce guy about to step forward and has no answer why you can't implement it immediately, and suddenly this whole thing, if we got to wait till Monday, I, I just, that's not an effective person you want. With Dr. Scott, my, I don't want to say it's a problem with her, but just if I want to be objective, she she's just not a good public speaker. I know she maybe she's a brilliant scientist, but as someone that's watched her for a full year, last Thursday, she's no different public speaking than she was last March. Um, I think when we have seen someone who's very gifted the way he can speak with the public is Dr. McDonald. I mean, to me, that's who you want out there um, speaking about this stuff. I, I think Dr. Scott, very defensive with me when I questioned why is Central Falls getting the vaccines first? And started to, you know, give that whole thing about it's about equity and diversity and inclusiveness. And I mean, I, I, the, 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 trying to implement that in a pandemic to me just is inappropriate. But I think if you're McKee, Justin Katz, you're standing there. I mean, if you were McKee, would you keep Stefan Pryor as your commerce uh, 
head of commerce? <laughs> no, I think if I were McKee, I probably would have announced that the second it was plausible. I was, yeah. um, I, you know, frankly, I, I don't expect Stefan Pryor to, to stick around, even if he could. I mean, he's, he's part of that whole set of, you know, national progressive think tanky type people that Raimondo loves. And he, yeah. I suspect he'll be jumping right in with her in commerce. I, I mean, she's she, some of the Rhode Island petition, uh, politicians pick up these sort of coteries, these little groups of people they, they bring from job to job. You're in my campaign. Now you're in my administration. Now I'm over here and I'll bring you with me. All right. I need to put you on pause. I'll get you. I'll set you up with this private company that does business with the state. You know, that that's kind of the way she wheels and deals among the elite. And so he's in that group. I don't think he'll be sticking around long anyway. I, I think he he's always I mean, from day one, he when he came in, commerce was all about promoting Governor Gina Raimondo. Uh, so I suspect that he's he sees her star and he's going to latch right onto it. But uh, it, it would definitely show, given how obvious I think that is, it would definitely show, you know, some some guts for the for McKee to say okay well this is the landscape I'm going to start lining up people and announcing who's coming in and who's going uh and that that's that I think that's that's what I'm saying he could I I have a lot of sympathy for the situation he's in given the constituencies in Rhode Island uh but yeah he he's in a kind of tough situation but he could he could be stronger coming forward and saying you know what this guy's going um (laughs) I don't know why he's on the stage with me right now we'll be bringing in somebody new right away that, I mean, that kind of an attitude would go a long way to cementing him as, as kind of a statement. I'm the, I'm the leader now. Pryor's part of the crowd. He's from Connecticut. He went to Yale, yep. and that ties in with the whole Raimondo thing with Yale. I also thought it was interesting that he mentioned about uh, – he was, he was mentioning like where Connecticut was with the restrictions. Now, the southern end of our state is, is basically westerly, and then it leads into that part of Connecticut. We, we generally – we don't focus on that. What we focus on – is because so many people commute to Boston and also like the Seekonk, uh, Pawtucket, you know, uh, Cumberland, Attleboro line, that's the, we focus more on Massachusetts than like whatever Connecticut's doing simply because, like I said, so many people commute into Boston. I think that stood out. But also, Justin, one thing I want to mention is last week they announced the commerce, uh, the commerce staff, basically. So the way it, it seems to me is they say to Agena Raimondo, uh, you can have the job, but by the way, here are the people that are going to be working for you because those are all like politically connected individuals tied in with different people and donors. And so I think a lot of her circle are finding that I'm sure he, he would love to tag along with her to D.C. I'm not I'm not so sure there's a job for him uh, right out of the box. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on The John DePietro Show. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, um, Representative Anastasia Williams, who is uh, finds herself really sidelined. Uh, she was someone that Mattiello kind of propped up, uh, kind of seen as the, she. I, I, to me, she gets too much attention for someone that doesn't bring a lot of facts to the discussion. She ran a piece in the Providence in the Providence Journal. Distribution of COVID vaccine demonstrates privilege in Rhode Island. I mean, to me, these people, she wrote this big thing and talked about privilege once again as, you know, roared its head. She even um, 
uh, you know, starts to even talk about slap in the face and, and immediately goes into uh, this thing about color. I just, I don't understand what these people, when I say someone at the General Assembly, you have Democrat Speaker Joe Sakachi, you have Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who identifies as a progressive, Dr. Scott, Mayor Alorza. Who, who do they want to blame for these this type of thing? Is this, did the journal afford her a parting shot at Governor Raimondo? Or do you think that that type of criticism that somehow this is racism with who's getting the vaccine, that that comes into play. Well, I, you know, at this point, that's that's kind of the shtick. I mean, that's 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 her thing. She, if she's not advocating for that constituency, uh, you know, in a bold way, that's she's not doing what what she thinks her job is. So I, it's almost hard to fault her. Uh, although a lot of the, I mean, she joins a lot of people just complaining about this and that, and I'm I'm happy to complain about state government. Uh, but th- it does seem to me, I, I sort of see this all as part of the part of just the void of leadership. And so everybody's everybody's complaining. There's nobody taking responsibility. There's no plan. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's kind of hard, you know, it's sort of like the, you know, the parable about the, the scorpion that stings it. What is it? A frog carrying it across the river. Yes. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to fault Anastasia Williams for this sort of rhetoric because it's, it's her thing. Um, but I, I think what it does point to is that we we don't have we don't have much sense of what's really going on, and that's that's the problem. I mean, if you contrast when we were setting up regulations and restrictions, we had we had charts and graphs and pictures of how people ought to walk through a store, and I mean, it was a, a major production of how they were taking control of your life. But now we've got a vaccine, and everybody's kind of clueless about how it's going. I mean, it's sort of wait, what? You know, you read in your local paper, oh, your town government is starting to call people off the voter list who are a certain age. I mean, every, nobody really knows quite what's going on. And that just goes, that just opens the opportunity for, for those sorts of complaints to have more substance than to be just, you know, just the, the kind of standard politics. And I, and I think that to me, that's the underlying, underlying problem here. I think, um, you know, it's funny you say that because as I was at the briefing on Thursday, Warwick at the exact same time, one o'clock, they were having a press briefing to announce when the vaccine would be available and they were going to administering, which seemed odd to me because they were going to announce they were going to administer the vaccine at Swift Gym in East Greenwich. And then we turn out, it turns out it's a regional thing. But Dr. Scott, as I asked her, she didn't know that Warwick was even having a press briefing. No, Justin, I mean, you can't get any smaller than our state. And for the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health is having a one o'clock press briefing on COVID and is unaware that, depending on how you look at it, either Warwick or Cranston is the second largest city, um, was unaware that they were having a press conference to announce the vaccine was going to be available to the residents of Warwick. Talk about the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. I also wanted to ask you, Wednesday night, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is going to deliver the state of the state. Wednesday afternoon, they're scheduled to have the committee vote on her nomination to make it out of committee for commerce. In in the opinion of Justin Katz, managing at OceanStateCart.com, should Governor Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo be delivering the state of the state on Wednesday night? It's hard to see what she can possibly do. I mean, all she's going to do is brag about herself. Really, I mean, she's she's auditioning yes. for another job, so it's almost an insult yes. to Rhode Islanders. I mean, it's almost when she should have maybe done it earlier if she was going to do it at all. Um, she could maybe do something creative with it and, and share the time with incoming governor McKee as an introduction, you know, <laughs> here's the state of the state. Here's the guy who's going to be taking it. You know, there you go. And that would be something interesting to do. Uh, but as it is, it's just the, we're seeing the effects of her leaving and what, what, what can she say? I mean, is she going to give us, well, in case I don't get the job, here's my plan for the next year. I mean, it's just, it, I don't know. I, I expect a lot of people will probably just tune it out uh, even more so than usual, because really there's, there's no information she can give anybody. She's not designing plans for the state. So she'll, she's probably just going to spend her time bragging about the great conditions she's leaving the state in as she leaves, which is laughable on its face. It does become like a victory lap. I think you're right. I agree with you, Justin. And on top of that, I am seeing, you know, the general assembly, normally this time of year, we're talking about what's going on the general assembly for different reasons, obviously because of COVID, they've been quiet. They don't meet as they normally regularly do. But I'm already seeing, you know, one of the first things they want to do. And th- to me, this is like the tributes start rolling in, like they're having the 
the outgoing party, tribute party. They were going to make the Rhode Island, quote, Rhode Island promise permanent. That's really like to honor Governor Mundo as she's moving on, even though, Justin, the Rhode Island promise free tuition at CCRI. Now, we already know kids are way behind in school. It has had a decimating effect on Rhode Island College. Rhode Island College is way down because of the free tuition at CCRI. And on top of that, a major problem is just how much because the kids distance learning, a lot of the kids that would be going to uh, CCRI from whether it's like Providence or Pawtucket or wherever, they're, they're having a tough time finishing high school. It just seems that, that what they want to make a priority are not the priority to me, the priorities that we're living through right now. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, the impression I get is, is less one of tribute, although that's part of it, I'm sure. But a lot more of t- while everybody's distracted, having a hard time. It seems like they're coming in pretty hard and fast for for a lot of topical uh, handouts to to insiders and cronies and special interests. So you've got you know mandates on nursing homes, which seems relevant, but when you look at what they want to do as far as um, as far as <laughs> mandating raises when when the the cost of of any uh, of, of service in these institutions goes up, I mean that, that's just completely divorced from from any sense of how business actually operates, those sorts of things, it's, it's just a grab bag uh, with a new speaker who may be, may be proving pretty quickly that he's more progressive than people tended to think, although it was, it was kind of obvious. Uh, and locking in stuff for the CCRI uh, for that union project there, uh, those sorts of things, it's, it's, that to me is what they're, they're really doing is they, they, they fell behind on their, their grab bag for their, their buddies. And so they, they're out of the gate starting to try to get those in. Maybe also to get them on the board for when uh, to kind of put the incoming governor behind the eight ball because they're not quite so sure he'll be on board with all the, the handouts to the unions that Raimondo was. What do you make of it? The General Assembly now, again, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. And and by the way, with these new strains coming in, there's no telling when it's going to end uh, the new variants, excuse me. And then plus the vaccine has been very shoddy. And there's still a lot of unknowns about that. I think a congressman of Massachusetts has come down with COVID, even though he did even got the second vaccine shot. But Justin, one of the things moving its way through the pipeline at the Senate is a $15 minimum wage. Now, how can you say you're going to try to help out small businesses in Rhode Island and then at the same time, you have a $15 minimum wage making its way through the system. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, it's, it's so divorced from what, what the economy needs, from the experiences people are having, that it, it's, it's almost as if they, they can't, you know, it's the, the old saw about not, never letting a crisis go to waste. And there's, there's no, yes. you would hope in a situation like this, you'd maybe even get some reevaluation of prior assumptions. Like we just want people working we want people creating businesses and growing. This is why you can't do a minimum wage. Sometimes you just can't pay people whatever we want to call a, a living wage at the time. You would think they would maybe get some of those lessons, but they go they go hard in the other direction. And it's it's this, we see it with not only the economics but the the education. You know, as you said, with the the um, promised scholarships to CCRI. You know, especially when, promise, when yes, kids are getting probably partial. I don't know CCRs how CCRI is handling the pandemic, but they're probably getting more distance learning, more less of the college experience, uh, but we're going to pay for it more. At the same time, they're, they're pushing to, to freeze charter schools, which you would think that'd be another thing where we'd be learning. We need more options and more opportunity for, for school administrators to experiment and be able to set up different systems to, so we're more agile. No, nope, no, nope, we're going we're gonna to freeze that too. As you say, you know, one of the reasons we're funding community colleges because our public schools aren't performing well we need to fix that so then you get that you get the economy stuff with the the um with the 15 dollars minimum wage you get also we're, we're going to see as the rhode island center for freedom and prosperity has been warning uh the transportation climate initiative which is kind of a parting gift from the governor which is going to be essentially a gas tax for green projects in a regional government there's another right. thing right in the middle of a, a pandemic when we're trying to, to escalate we're going to hit you with a 15 dollars minimum wage as a business owner we're going to make it harder for you to drive anything around because of a new gas tax i mean it just it makes no sense which which comes back to the question of do do voters even care or do they, are they clueless? Are they, are they unmotivated? Are they bought off? I mean, that's, that's what all this starts to come back to in my mind. Justin Katz, I, uh, people hear me mention 
uh, OceanStateGuard.com, and also Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity. Before we let you go, I'd love to give you a chance just to uh, plug both organizations and let people how they can find out more and okay, sign well, up the, the I just mentioned the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity. We're, we are, I'm the research director for that organization, where we are going to be fighting against this TCI tax, gas tax. Hopefully, the incoming Governor McKee will, will kind of put a pause on it. Um, so we'll be, people should look for opportunities on rifreedom.org to help out with that. We also mentioned that actually the, the Barrington flag controversy, uh, the center has right now at rifreedom.org slash Barrington hyphen flag. You can send a, uh, an email to all the town council members there, uh, try to, cause that's just a, a civil rights and free speech issue. Uh, so we're, we're going to be very active in that sort of thing. Oceanstatecurrent.com uh, is where we, we try to offer some, just like you do, uh, we try to offer some contrary, uh, some alternative information for people, uh, sort of almost sometimes it just feels like a comfort that you're not alone in believing what you believe because the, the news media has essentially shut us all out from, from their own organizations. But keep an eye on OceanStateCurrent.com. I expect in the next few months we'll be seeing some, some big changes and, and trying to prepare for an, a future in which, uh, in which there's another way to get information out to people. Justin, stay, stay safe in the snow. <laughs> I think I'll stay inside. But, but Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.